you learn pretty early on that not all big people are good people. And that's when I turn to Ruth and I say, Ruth, we cannot let this sin go unpunished. And Ruth's like, yeah! And that's when I come up with my most badass idea yet. I could never understand why some kids were scared of teachers growing up. My mum was a teacher. I got to see a side of them that other kids didn't. Their off-duty side, their weekend side, their party side. I saw the meanest teacher in primary school so drunk he threw a cat over the fence at one of those parties. Moments like that really change the way that you see the adults around you very quickly. This is Nadine Brown. So Ruth and I, my friend Ruth, we grew up in the... Berean Christian Fellowship or uh, the cult just past Bullsbrook. Some people refer, refer, refer to it as. Uh, and it was fundamentalist, Christian, born again, uh, so it was quite restrictive. And being a female was a bit of a, a problem because uh, girls were sort of seen as stumbling blocks to men. And, uh, and the church was run by men, funny. And uh, there was a pastor, Reverend Leo Cox, and uh, there was a group of men called church elders who sort of ran the show. And one of the church elders in particular He was always banging on about how as females we could help the men and their sinful nature by dressing modestly and wearing long dresses and that kind of shit. And... um and he was like the fashion police or something. Like he was always telling girls off for not wearing their, their hat in church. And one day I was 14 and it wasn't even anything rebellious or anything like that. I was, um, uh, I'd been at a camp draft and I'd been riding my horse all day. So I was, I wore jeans to Bible study and he pulled me aside and he said, Nadine, those jeans are not appropriate. And then he said that they were causing him to have unclean thoughts. And then he grabbed his Bible and turned to Matthew 5, which says, even if a man looketh after a woman in lust, it's as if he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. And I was like, I've just committed adultery with this gross old man. And I couldn't get the image out of my head. And I felt so disgusted and ashamed. Anyway, fast forward like six years later, Ruth and I were like independent women, we've gone to uni, uh, we've, we've found out all these things that the church had tried to hide from us, like feminism and alcohol and um and Ruth had just got this apartment in Northridge which was great and so to celebrate we went out and we bought a bottle of Irish cream because that's what we thought people drank back then. <laughs> And, um, and we, so we get back to her apartment, which is actually this really seedy block of flats in Northbridge, and we get to the elevator with our bottle of Irish cream, and, uh, and the elevator opens, and there in front of us is Mr Church Elder, the unclean thoughts guy from seven years before, and he is in the clutches of this woman who's not his wife of 25 years. And this woman is wearing an outfit that's, like, designed specifically for unclean thoughts. It's, like, unclean thoughts central. And the funny thing is, though, I feel like I'm, I've been, I'm the one that's been caught out and I'm straight away transported back to my 14-year-old self and I hide the bottle of Irish cream and I look down and I'm wearing jeans. And, but luckily he doesn't notice because he's busy with the unclean thoughts outfit lady. And so we get into the elevator and I just can't shake this feeling that I've been sprung, I've, I've been caught, I've done something wrong. And so we get back to Ruth's apartment 
And it takes quite a few fucking Irish creams before I realise and I think, hang on, here's this guy that told me off for wearing jeans to Bible study and here he is fornicating with a harlot. <laughs> and I start to get really angry and I'm like pacing the apartment and, and, and I'm getting angrier and angrier and Ruth's bringing up the past and she's going, yeah, he once told me off for wearing cheesecloth because apparently cheesecloth gives you unclean thoughts as well. And I'm getting angrier and angrier and I'm drinking more and more Irish cream and that's when I walk over to the window of Ruth's apartment I look down into the car park and I, that's when I see his ute. And I know it's his ute because he always had the same Toyota dual cab ute and it's got ginger number plates. And that's when I turn to Ruth and I say, Ruth, we cannot let this sin go unpunished. <laughs> and Ruth's like, yeah. And I say, what we should do, we'll, we'll, we'll break into his car and we'll fill it full of Bibles and we'll like highlight every verse that deals with fornication. And Ruth's like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, why don't we, let, let's just steal his car and we'll drive it into a church and then we'll just fucking, we'll just leave it there. And I'm like, this is a great idea. And then Ruth's really keen on ringing the guy's wife. She's a friend of her house. And I'm like, no, 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 that could cause her more hurt and pain. And what we really want to do is cause him hurt and pain. We want him to feel shame like he made us feel shame. And that's when I come up with my most badass idea yet. That's when I realise what I have to do. I have to write him a note. <laughs> and I have a copy. Oh, no, I've lost it. Oh, yeah. I have a copy of the note a draft that we left on the front windscreen of his ute and we signed it with a forged signature from the pastor, Reverend Leo Cox of, of the Berean Christian Church. The note reads, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. <laughs> For even under the cover of darkness, the Lord sees the deceit and wickedness of thy heart. For the Lord detests the fornicator. <laughs> he shall cast the wicked adulterer into the fiery furnaces of hell, for the fury and wrath of the Lord is upon you. Jeremiah 30, verse 23. <laughs> the desires of your flesh have led you to a place where only Satan dwells, and he has taken a foothold in the depths of your heart. Turn from sin and seek only ways that are pure, O oh brother, for the wages of sin is death. Yours in Christ, Reverend Leo Cox of the Brian Christian Fellowship. <laughs> and um, so we got him, but uh, I don't know what happened after that, but uh, I, I did hear that a rumour got around that he was seeing prostitutes in the night. I don't know anything about that. Um, yeah, but his wife did divorce him a, a year later, so that's a bit sad. Thank you. <laughs> Nadine Brown working her way through the multiple choices life throws at us every day. Next week, our storyteller is Israeli author Edgar Kerrett, who offered the audience a choice, marijuana or booze. I could either tell a pot story about myself or I could tell a, a drinking story about my father, so my late father. So which one would you want to hear? Pot? Okay, pot. Edgar Carrot live at the Perth Writers Festival next week on Barefaced.
Bareface stories are told live on a tiny stage. In a huge state. In a massive country. Where no one can hear you scream. Or laugh. Or cry. More Bareface stories next week.